You didn't ask for it, but here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Uh, welcome back. My name is Flynn. I'm going to be one of your hosts for the evening, and I'm here with my fellow hosts, Kevin Reynolds. Hey, good evening. Andrew Hofkamp. How's it going, guys? And Jacob Pretty. What's up? Uh, tonight, I'm actually uh, polishing off a, a, a bottle of bourbon that I've had for about two years now. It's, it's actually really good, but I wanted to tell a story about it because uh, it's the reason I bought it. And so I, I walked into the party source um, and I saw this bottle of bourbon with a, a cannon on top of it. And I was like, I'm going to go right to that bottle and see what's it about. And so there, there's there's two two stories on the bottle, and and, and it, it talks about who the bottle is named after, Cassius Clay. And you're probably thinking uh, Muhammad Ali, but instead uh, it's Cassius Clay, who was a historical figure in Kentucky. Uh, first off, it ha- it tells a story about how he donated land to. Um, start Berea College in Kentucky. And so, you know, I work in the advancement world of higher education, as does Kevin. And so I'm a huge proponent of higher education. I was like, this is a cool dude. Uh, And then it tells a story. I'm just going to read it. It says, a boisterous statesman and emphatic legislator in public, Cassius Clay enjoyed the privacy and seclusion of his sprawling Whitehall estate in Madison County, Kentucky. To protect his property and the liberties thereof, two cannons filled with old horseshoes, nails, scrap iron, and forks adorned the mansion's grand portico, standing ready to be fired upon those whose presence was not permitted nor coveted. And so he had cannons of shrapnel ready to fire at anyone that he didn't want at his house. And I was like, this dude is amazing. And I'm going to buy his bourbon. Kevin, what are you drinking? Uh, that, that sounds like wow. a very Kentucky thing to do. Um, <laughs> and I love it. I would, I would be interested in trying it. I'm drinking something very interesting tonight. It was a new find I saw at the liquor store last week. It's called Amador. And it's a Kentucky bourbon. Uh, I try to prefer, um, you know, to give preference every time to Kentucky straight bourbon. But this one is interesting because it's a double barrel that wasn't finished in another charred white oak barrel. It was finished in a Napa Valley wine barrel. Um, so it was first barreled in charred white oak for X number of years, then was taken out of that and put into another barrel for finishing in a wine barrel. And I'll tell you, I get the notes of the, um, it's a little bit sweeter. It's got a little bit of an extra spice. It's interesting. It's called Amador from Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California. Interesting, interesting stuff. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but don't, isn't that similar to what they do with uh, Makers 46 as well to finish it? Um, Makers has a line like that. Um, I believe that Angel's Envy is similar as well, that there's yep. a, uh, they finish in sherry casks. Um, but this is interesting. So, you know, I thought I'd give it a shot. I like it. I feel like we're privy to you more unique bourbons living in Kentucky. So if someone is like, oh, that sounds great, you might be able to find something kind of similar uh, where you are. But um, tonight I have uh, just a, a nice little Kentucky staple here, a little Elijah Craig small batch. I will not bore you with any more stories uh, yet. But uh, <laughs> so let's turn it over to Pretty to, to finish off our uh, round for the evening. Yeah. Uh, I'm drinking, um, it's not a Kentucky bourbon and I regret that. Uh, this is, uh, a resurgent bourbon whiskey. It's from Pennsylvania. Um, it's not bourbon. It's a whiskey. It says bourbon whiskey, but it's not. I think it's okay. It it can be. 
It's probably a bourbon. It, it's it just can not be a good bourbon, bourbon whiskey. It's just not a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. And you texted us about this last night, saying it was terrible, which means you had all day today to just say, you know what, for the podcast, I'm going to get a nice Kentucky <laughs> bourbon that I actually will enjoy. And you said, no, I, I'm going to keep suffering through this Pennsylvania crap. <laughs> and I, I thought it was, I thought it was of note to bring this up as, oh, hey. Someone is not enjoying their their drink, but he's still going to drink it anyways. Sure, and that's what sure. I'm doing. As I, I want to say it. that okay. that I give preference to Kentucky straight bourbon because you know I'm I'm a Kentuckian and it's better. But I do think yes. it's acceptable to drink bourbon made outside of the state of Kentucky as long as you're not drinking Jack Daniels because that is heathen Tennessee sipping whiskey and it bears uh, absolutely no place in the household of a true gentleman. But beyond beyond Jack Daniels. Um, really whiskey made outside of Kentucky. It, it can be bourbon as long as it follows the rules. Um, and I think it's acceptable. So I'm sorry you're having a bad experience, Jacob, but it's, um, it is okay, but it kind of serves you right. Yeah. We support the excursion. Uh, we just also are now upset that you suffered continuously and needlessly on purpose. Well, yep. It's fine. Kevin, I just want to make sure that, that your wife does know that you hate Jack Daniels, correct? She knows it's not permitted within a hundred miles of this household. And and where is she from? She's from Tennessee. Yeah, it, okay. it, it's a point of contention. But she, she, uh, she learned, I, she I remember one on. of my first encounters with this. She asked for a Lynchburg lemonade, and then she quickly corrected me. Said, "Kevin, can I have a Lynchburg lemonade, or I mean, like a Kentucky lemonade, or what? Just put the bourbon <laughs> in it." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, Kevin has yelled at her too much." <laughs> I never yelled. We had very frank conversations when we first started dating, when we were living in Tennessee. And she understood where I was coming from. But it, it was important to note because sometimes in Tennessee, the well bourbon is Jack Daniels. And, and you have to make it a point to tell bartenders how unacceptable that would be um, to serve you. I imagine, Kevin, that you went from bars hoping they were going to pull out Jack Daniels from their well because you were so excited to have this lecture with another bartender. And he pulls out this little booklet and he writes down the name of the bar and he crosses on, it off his list. He's on a mission to civilize. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am in the mood for a nerd debate. Let me just tell you that tonight. All Here right. Let's get into it then. Uh, our first segment of the night is going to be a nerd debate, which Jacob is going to start us off. All right, so uh, this nerd debate, um, I wanted to start us off with something a little easier, a little lighthearted. Um, so I was watching some Netflix movies and uh, saw a classic Adam Sandler film on there um, since he's got some kind of contract with them or whatever. So all of his movies or a lot of them are up there. Um, one thing I noticed is a lot of his movies do have some kind of wedding or something involved. Not all of them, but several of them do. So what I want to know from you all is which Adam Sandler character, or which movie, if you don't know the character's name, would you want as your best man? And since two of the people here already have had alleged best men, uh, we won't take offense if uh, you know, you're replacing those people with one of these Adam Sandler characters. So you're replacing an Adam Sandler, or, or you are picking a best man of one of Adam Sandler's characters from one of his movies. Tell me why. Flynn, I'm going to go to you first since you probably have the least experience uh, and probably know the least amount of Adam Sandler characters. 
you know, I was looking, I was just looking through some Adam Sandler movies and I've seen actually quite a few. I saw Big Daddy recently after you all uh, made fun of me not knowing uh, the reference. <laughs> Lamb and tuna fish, man. Lamb and tuna so fish. I, it's excellent, I, right? <laughs> I get I get the reference now. Uh, it is a very funny movie. Um, you know, looking through some of these movies, I am going to pick um, Mr. Deeds because he would be able to bankroll uh, my, my bachelor party. He would be able to give a sizable gift um, as I, I never actually a picked a best man. I had um, six groomsmen, but I did not pick a best man. Um, and so I would definitely pick the richest at this point uh, to help us pay off, pay Long off that wedding um, because Mr. Deeds, uh, you know, he might, he might even give me the uh, New York jets as a, as a, you know, wedding gift or something like that. So that's what I would pick as, as my Adam Sandler best man. That's tough. He's got he's got very few flaws. I will I will agree. Yeah, but with if you he gives that, you if he gives you the New York Jets as a wedding gift, I mean, no one wants that. That's not a wedding gift. That's more of a wedding <laughs> that punishment. Is, that is a trash That's, gift. That is very true. <laughs> Jets. The Jets are the worst. I'm um, currently wearing a New York Jets bad. hoodie uh, because they're my favorite team. But I can't disagree with the fact that uh, they are utter trash nonsense. So, yeah, I'm I'm there. Let me jump in. I was trying to think about this because. I, I started with Little Nicky just because how fun would it be to have an actual demon um, as the your best man? That yeah. is one of the that's but, one of my favorite of his new movies. Yeah, but I went with it shouldn't be. It's Robbie Robbie <laughs> yes. Hart, right? Is the wedding singer yep. character? Robbie Hart. Robbie is Hart. The wedding singer. That's who I would choose. Robbie has the most experience around weddings. He would probably help me get a good deal. The limo is probably going to be free because his best friend's a limo driver. He knows the great caterers and. <laughs> You know, now when I got married, I had as little to do as possible with the planning of my wedding, and I would want that to be the case again. And so, if I needed to be involved in any way, I would just delegate that information uh, to my best man, Robbie, uh, who would just know what to do. Um, and you know, great news we don't we don't need to worry about getting a DJ or, or a different band. He's uh, got he'll a be the wedding band. singer. So that, that seems like the obvious choice to me, even though I like other Adam Sandler characters more. Um, in this case, that's the best option. I'm going to wow. I'm going to go. So practical. I think I think Zohan would be a hilarious choice as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, think, I think there yeah. could be some fun stuff to experience. With You'd that. have some great hair. You'd have great hair. Uh, for and, and obviously they would style my hair, even though there's not very much of it. Um, not from balding, from choice. Flynn's is not by choice. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, how are you saying that you have less hair? I am the one that's balding. Uh, your hair is longer but more absent. Mine is shorter but present. Like me. Uh, but anyway, I think... I think like Kevin. He is, he is <laughs> always shorter and more shorter present than present. most people. I wanted to beat everybody to the punch there, so I clowned myself. You beat me by half a second. Yep, yep. Uh, I like to leave the fruit really low-hanging when it comes to Kevin, though, you know. <laughs> so we can reach it, yeah. <laughs> That was the implication. Anyway, my, my best man, I'm going to go with the movie that Flynn has recently seen. I'm going to go with Sonny Koufax from Big Daddy. Great choice. Um, here's why. I think um, Big Daddy is one of the characters, or Sonny Koufax in that movie, that, that movie is one of the, the ridiculous prime Adam Sandler, like, stupid that we love. Um, however, Sonny Koufax's character is uh, lovable and very, very intelligent. So he chooses not to work and live the way that he does. Um, but he has a law degree. Uh, he finished law school in that, I believe, right? I'm not yes. off in that. He has two um, gay lawyer friends. 
that are his best friends as well. So he's very welcoming yep. um, and has uh, really just said, I think he's smart. I think he's fun. I think he is my kind of stupid. And I think he's going to prioritize the right things while coming through and not ruining the parts of the wedding that you can't have be ruined as well. He does not have a great track record with not ruining wedding-related events, though. Um, there was the proposal. There was the surprise birthday party that you know, they wasted the good surprise on him. Um, you're going to get a lot of sticks played at that wedding reception if Sonny Koufax <laughs> is there. As a, I, as a Steelers fan, he can play <laughs> Renegade all night long. I'm there. I would I'm argue there. that you're going to get a lot of sticks played regardless of any Adam Sandler. That's <laughs> 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 I mean, true. think about it. Happy Adam Gilmore. Sticks. <laughs> yeah. The, it's just, it's in every movie. Um, wow. You all went so practical, and I'm, I'm so proud, and but also confused. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I, I can't disagree. Um, Kevin, all of your choices on this were totally right. Robbie Hart is the right choice. Uh, he basically is like a one-man wedding band and does everything for you. So, Kevin, you win that debate. Thank he's you. The, I usually he's the win most. Debates. You just chose the character that's basically pretty. Look, <laughs> yes, that's the thing. If any of you would have chosen, like, uh, gone with, like, I don't know, Happy Gilmore or Billy Madison, I might have been swayed that way. But, yeah, if you're going to pick Robbie Hart, who is me, then, yes, I'm going to go with that. See, I think I if you probably choose... would have chosen it if I had ever seen The Wedding. Oh, my singer. gosh. Oh, God, Flynn. Come on, Flynn. It's the prequel to Fifty First Dates. I have seen Fifty mm. First Dates, which is fine. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, Hove Camp, what's your nerd debate topic you got for us? Yep. I want to bring us to maybe the topic within the umbrella of Harry Potter within which we can debate um, for – we could have just a whole podcast and never run out of material debating random parts of this. But we had recently uh, talked about Ron Weasley and his ineptitude or amazing uh, offerings to the Harry Potter universe. So I'm curious – and if you want to know way too much about how we feel about Ron Weasley, go back and listen to our first episode uh, because you'll find out more about how we feel about the that. Worst. So, the worst. <laughs> the uh, worst. Essentially, you need to sway me sort of on two parts here um, because I'm going to use a more subjective term. I would like to know who the best Weasley is. So you pretty much have to tell me what your definition of best is and why this character fits that definition the best. Um, and Ooh. I will happily be okay. persuaded on that um but i do think that it is possible for you to say this is the version of best that we should be measuring by and then you choose the wrong character so please don't do that okay Can I go uh, first? but oh, uh, yeah pretty absolutely go first great uh i'm a hundred percent picking bill here's the reason uh out of all of the weasley bros that you and and sisters uh, that you don't see mainly in the books. Uh, Bill is the most bad. Are we allowed to say bad? Kick said kick butter. <laughs> he is the butter. We just he butter, is not butter. Most kick just butter. Don't censor yourself. Just say what you need to say, and we'll figure it out yep, later. The behind. Yes. Uh, uh, because he freaking got attacked by a werewolf and then survived and is now living his life as a half werewolf. Uh, he also happens to uh, fall in love with this amazingly beautiful. Uh, what is she? What, what's the She's technical? Part Vila. She's part Vila. Vila. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, Fleur. Uh, and we just kind of know nothing about Bill. Plus, I got to give props in the movie played by Dom Hall Gleason. 
otherwise known as uh, General Hux, for those uh, who need to know who that is, General Hux in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, Dom Hall, big fan of the actor. Uh, Bill is definitely the most badass, the best Weasley, uh, has the most dangerous positions within the books and always comes out on top. Bill's my choice. I have a question. I respect that choice. Uh, Kevin, uh, ask. Did Bill kill Bellatrix Lestrange? Pretty, do you want to answer that? Cause, okay. Nope. No, no, he did <laughs> not. Nope. You know but who I know did? Where he's going. You know yep. who did? The real, uh, you know, B.A. Weasley at the top, Molly Weasley. She is absolutely the best Weasley. Um, she is. Uh, point of order. Did he say Weasley uh, children? No. Was that the original question? No, he oh, just, just said Weasley. Weasley. Okay, never mind. Weasley. I rescind. I rescind. Mm-hmm. Sweet point of order. Sorry. The answer is no. He did not. Molly <laughs> Weasley is the best Weasley. Uh, kind, uh, crafty. She can knit sweaters and scarves and all sorts of things. She runs a household of like nine children. Um, and she murders, straight up murders Bellatrix Lestrange, one of the most uh, infamous and powerful uh, Death Eaters, um, almost second only to Voldemort. I would, I can't think of a whole lot other Death Eaters that are as strong as her, or at least as infamous as her. So, I think Molly is the clear cut winner in this situation. I'm liking it so far. Uh, in Kevin, I was I was between Molly and and one other one other individual, um, <clears throat> but I don't I don't think you did Molly uh, in enough credit. Um, I I was going to argue that that all of the Weasleys get their positive traits from Molly. Uh, you know there are very few maternal figures in the Harry Potter uh, universe. There's a lot of paternal figures, but Molly is like the one mother figure that sets the precedent for all of her children, including. Harry, uh, including Hermione, um, because she is able to um, put her hole into her family and also do some really amazing stuff for the wizarding universe. So that would be my argument for Molly. But I'm going to argue for Ginny. Um, Ginny is is by far and away the best Weasley. Um, you know, when when you're thinking about how Harry can uh, call them family, you know, we we argued that Ron wasn't the strictly best of strictly friends. book Jenny, correct? Yes, book Jenny. Movie Jenny does not do <laughs> yep, <credit. agreed. laughs> Just wanted that to be on the record yeah, for anybody yeah. that's M- like movie, what she's yeah. trash. No, <laughs> yeah. read the books. If 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 you're like Jenny sucks, no, read the books. Uh, because Jenny is extremely smart. Um, and when she was what 12, 11 years old, she got possessed by Voldemort, uh, and she was able to bounce back uh, and and become an amazingly confident person, extremely smart, extremely successful, and a really good partner for Harry Potter. Um, you know, when I when people say, "Oh, Harry and Hermione uh, should have ended up together," no, Harry ended up with the exact right person because Ginny is is his equal counterpart uh, for for bravery, for um, for smart for intellect i mean she is the best weasley pretty you have a very visceral reaction to flint's recent comment there i i mean you at least qualified it by like really sticking to the book jenny which yes that's what we're really focusing on i get it but like yes no offense to bonnie wright I'm sure very talented but like i just can't get past some of the acting in the movies it killed it for me (laughs) Just, oh, 
Anyways, yeah, yeah I get that. Read, I get that, read but we're... then reread the books if because I it had been a while for me at one point as well from doing a reread and I'd seen the movie so many times and I was like I could not remember how amazing Ginny was. And I did this full reread, and like every book, she's so much more prominently featured. Each one, she's so strong and independent, and sticks up for herself, and puts mm-hmm. Ron in his place over and over again, and is just this like bastion. I forgot about that. Of, yeah, yeah, she is. <laughs> she she tells Ron where his place is, and it's below Jenny. <laughs> and it's not not to mention that she's real good on a broomstick uh, playing Quidditch as very well. True. So great you got Quidditch. you got that going well. Charlie Weasley also very good at Quidditch. I think the controversial choice that I was kind of hoping one of you guys would do so that I could simultaneously love it and then yell at you is to choose Hermione. Um, because if Molly counts as a Weasley, <laughs> okay. then so does Hermione. They no. were neither one of them. They both married into the Weasleys. I'm just saying. But if you're uh, if you're I basing haven't. it off of like Weasley during the the events of the book, like they were a Weasley hey, when no the one did it, place. pretty. I'm just saying I wouldn't have okay. discounted it. <laughs> uh, <Sure. laughs> but my Bill's heart best, wants to go with Ginny, but I I think I think I'm swayed. By the murder of Bellatrix Lestrange. Yep. No! Yep. Two, two for two. I two think for Ginny, two. I think Ginny is that's, maybe That's not even second. the reason Molly's the best. I know it's not. Uh, I know it's not. But she, I, you I just laid said, out the reason. You just oh, said that she that. gets all of all of the best traits from her children come from Molly, which means all of Ginny's best traits come from Molly. So Molly is just a bigger Ginny that's better with household spells and killed the most infamous Death Eater of all time. I think it works. It works for me. Um... Yeah, I love that. Tough. I love that Hovecamp is going with the Dr. Stephen Weiss argumentation class uh, stance on. <laughs> it's not just whether you were right; it's who did the better debate and giving me the the two. And in a row I gave victory. I gave reasons why you were right. It didn't and help that, that Flynn started that. with his <laughs> debate by being like, "Look, Kevin didn't make his argument well enough. I'm going to do a better job right now." I get helped great. I'm there. Please continue. We can all agree Pretty was the worst there. Oh, yeah. By far. I do, I do respect far. the choice of Bill. They're just – the other options were, were just better. I respect the choice, but he was so sure of himself, and he shouldn't have been. He, <laughs> he really shouldn't have been. He had the pick of them all, too. It's I know. Still, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Dom I know. Flynn, Flynn let's, let's talk about something. Uh, all right. Let's talk about The Walking Dead. And I know Kevin hasn't seen The Walking Dead, but that's that's okay. Um, because when I when I think about The Walking Dead, I, I, you know, I think about a show that was slow at times, but then, you know, was really awesome at times. And then Jump the Shark when a tiger uh, absolutely <laughs> Hang on. Pause. eats, eats pause. a guy. Pause. Pause. What movie is Jump the Shark a reference from? Easy. It's 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 Fonzie. Uh, in um, I don't I don't know what the the movie is called, but I know it's Fonzie. I know the reference. Uh, what is Fonzie uh, from? Not a movie. <laughs> yeah, say it's a yeah show that's a too, show. Movie. That's a show. What is it, um, what is it from? What is Fonzie a character in? Hey, that is a yeah. Sunday. I know. I know what Fonzie is. Uh, blank, blank happy days. days. Happy days. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, happy there days. We go. Got it. Um, so I mean, I know the reference that he he jumps over a shark with um, either a jet ski or like a, a motorcycle, and that's when the show went really bad, um, yep. or, or movie or whatever. Whatever you're you're referencing. So it went off the rails. Um, it went off the rails. And, okay. and so outside when, of the wake. All out. When the when All The Walking out. Dead went off the rails was when a tiger ate a dude, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not into this anymore. Um, so you know, I was thinking, you know, we are in a pandemic where we are quarantined, and you know, this is the closest we've been to a zombie apocalypse. So if you know, think back to mid March of 2020. 
if instead people saying, you know, the coronavirus, uh, you need to quarantine so you don't get sick. If instead they said a zombie apocalypse is happening, what would be your first move? Uh, easy. Uh, can I go first on this one as well? Sure. Apparently sure. it's easy. It doesn't seem to affect anyone else's <laughs> argument, so yeah. <laughs> uh, because uh, for those uh, listeners, you're going to get a, an intimate uh, knowing of my inner mind here. Uh, everyone else who knows me uh, knows that I've talked about this plan several times over. Um, so uh, I actually have a full scaled out plan where I would develop a pseudo community um, on the property of a certain university that we all attended uh, because that university has uh, all concrete buildings with minimal windows, uh, a tunnel system that connects each building to each other, and is situated atop a hill that provides for ample room looking out over the uh, surrounding area. So I would set up my, uh, if, if it was a true zombie apocalypse, I would 100% go right over to NKU and start setting up my fort right away. That's what I'm doing. I think it's interesting because um, Pretty went to college five years after me. Um, no, four or five years. Four or five years, <laughs> but also five years after me. Um, yeah. And so we didn't cross paths there, but um, but my freshman year college roommate uh, Jamal actually created a plan that I would absolutely <laughs> follow. Um, which allows for Northern Kentucky University to be the best place to go in the event of a zombie it's apocalypse. It's so true. It's, uh, and it, he wrote it down. Uh, I think he even presented it in a course, and I think it was <laughs> I imagine, fantastic. I imagine he passed it as a resolution in SGA. Like, <laughs> like that's something Jamal did. <laughs> we thought about it. We really thought about it. And yeah, so um, I think it's a great idea. I What I would do, um, you know, it's so funny because I used to make jokes – having watched other zombie movies, not The Walking Dead, but other zombie movies where one of the things that all tends to lead to a zombie apocalypse is the mass inoculation of a virus that has been rushed uh, and millions and billions of people inject themselves with a, with some sort of serum or vaccine, and then it turns out that that creates, um, you know, the, uh, that creates the, the zombies. Um, it's definitely the premise of Attack Girl Swim Team versus the Undead, oh, which is a fantastic Lord. zombie movie, um, <laughs> and several others, uh, including I Am I Am Legend. I Am Legend is more vampires. What would you do, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. So I own I own a firearm, but if I didn't, arming myself would be one of the first things I would do. Um, boarding up the windows around my property. I live at one of the highest points in northern Kentucky, above a very large... Uh, hill and so I would I would think of the f of the places that all of us live I have probably the best location for a zombie apocalypse out of the four of us um, so so at least um, Flynn and Huffcamp are welcome to come here um, to save themselves pretty I think you'd probably just be a liability um, <laughs> but but I would probably arm myself um, I'd probably try to secure more firearms I would board up my windows and things, and I would I would try to hunker down. Um, the other thing I was thinking about was finding a way to get to Lunkin Airport or CBG as close as possible and get as far out of here as I can. But the question is, is, is it a worldwide. world 
worldwide apocalypse or is it something that started in America and other places could do it better? Like, could I get to Hawaii where zombies can't necessarily fly planes or or swim in most cases? So can I get to an island where I could be more safe? That That would be one thing I would think of. Yeah, knowing, seeing how this pandemic has transpired, not just here, which is poorly, but also in in many other places across the world, um, the zombies will win so quickly. Like, it's not going to take any amount of time for every single best laid plan to be overrun with nothing but zombies. Yeah, I give it a month. So I think uh, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go and I'm going to use my grandfather. I, I live in my grandfather's old house. And a lot of his old tools are still in the garage, and they are, um, you know, crowbar weight, handheld, sharp objects welded together. They're sturdy as can be, um, and those are the tools that I would pretty much arm myself with. So that'd probably be the first thing I do. But then it's got to be going to wherever is a little bit better, and it's probably an island or it's someplace incredibly, incredibly cold, uh, because that will at least slow down zombies even more maybe freeze them a little bit. Um, but New Zealand seems to have been able to isolate themselves. I want to get into the place that's going to institute the harshest travel ban before they institute the travel ban and keep me out. So I'm getting, I'm going somewhere better than where I am. I'll get this where I live. I'm overrun in a week. If that. Yep. Yep. So I think that, uh, that Hofkamp and Kevin's plans are very ambitious. And so I don't think you could make it. Oh, in that case, in that airport. case, it is just I'm done. Then, then we will all be failing. There so is no survival. Die. Everyone else, I mean, everyone dies. The, the arguments <laughs> that no you laid out, out, everyone's dead. The arguments that you laid out, you know, pretty wins. Um, Wait, however, hold on, say that again. Pretty wins. Yes, pretty okay, pretty cool. won a nerd debate finally. Um, but uh, you all were wrong. It's go to Costco. I mean, Costco has literally Ooh. everything that mm. you need, um, including bourbon. And so that's exactly where I would go. Uh, you know, it's a um, yeah. They have weapons. They have you know food. They have comfort. You know, I think you are just as likely. To... You are just as likely to die getting the weapons uh, at a retail store as you are from the zombies without the weapons that you're trying to get. Yeah, but I think that were, you are less likely to be able to get on a plane and fly I, to New see, Zealand. I, I totally disagree with you, Flynn. If there were a way to make a Malort bet on this, I would. <laughs> but Go there's ahead. no way know. for us to... to Let's do it. Can't. Let's do it. Let's make a bet. Okay. Uh, what, what's your bet? What's your bet? If, if a zombie apocalypse occurs, I bet... That going to NKU first, I will be safer than you going to Costco and fighting the masses that are also going to Costco. Deal. We will meet up at some point uh, after the zombie apocalypse happens, and I'll have a bottle of Malort, and you will take that one shot, and I will win this bet after this. Oh, no, this is like a whole bottle. Kills it, everyone. That's the only way. Okay, yeah, yeah, works. sure. I'll yeah, chug the whole bottle. That's fine. I'm going to uh, make a legit malort bet later this, this episode, sounds but this fine. sounds miserable kevin right, would you please kevin, let, give in. us one more quick debate here i'm in so earlier this week i was um doing some writing and things on on the topic of leadership we these guys call me dr k on here one of the reasons is i have a doctorate in in the study of leadership and so i was i was using an example of the choices we make today and how they can have impacts later on in terms of people's futures and the example i used is you know, is it possible 
that in the rest of his life, when he's 35 or 40, Charlie Brown, the cartoon character, is an absolute jerk, or his life is terrible, and the reason it's terrible is because he's incapable of trusting, uh, because of all the times where he ran to kick that football, and Lucy told him she wasn't going to pull it, and she did, and she did it one too many times, and it, it rendered him incapable of trusting others, and it got me thinking, um, as I presented the three of you, I, when you think of cartoon characters and, you know, in in TV shows and movies or whatever, really leave it up to you. Um, but as we knew them during the show, I want you to fast forward to way later in their life and which cartoon character grew up or ended up being the biggest jerk of them all and why. So uh, I, I can I can jump in here and kick us off. Take it away. It's Bam Bam. he says with so much certainty i love it here's here's why that jerk now we only get to see a toddler who walks around with a bat and beats the crap out of everything that's his whole thing it's just violent all the time his parents don't really stop him so this is only going to continue to grow and manifest um barney is loving but (laughs) dim-witted He's not the not the sharpest tool in the shed. So I don't like know what Kevin. kind of I don't know exactly what sort of of great parenting he's going to continue to get. But this guy, you know, he's just going to he's he's already violent. He just likes to go and throw his weight around. He's going to be the jerk bully in high school that grows up to be the jerk cop that pulls you over and puts you in jail for driving 15 over the speed limit and having uh an a bottle of whiskey in your trunk or something. I don't know. He's going to be the jerk in high school, the jerk the the in the jerk career, um, and and that's it. He's just going to be a, a mean spirited guy because I don't think that the nurturing is going to be there. And he's already he's already showing all the wrong tendencies, and they're not getting curbed. I have a question. Do you think so? You know, James Potter was kind of a d bag, a little bit bullied Severus Snape, and what made James Potter a better person was Lily. Um, I want to know if you think that um, Pebbles grows up in a way because of her good influential mother in Wilma that she becomes the Lily Potter to the Bam Bam James Potter and makes him a better person. I think that Bam Bam is more likely to become the Snape in that scenario where he is rejected (laughs) and goes off to continue to be a terrible person until... Something either is going to happen to Pebbles and he realizes he was a bad guy the whole time or Pebbles just lives a normal life and he arrests her husband because on false trumped up charges because he's a jerk. Interesting. Okay. Fair. Okay. So, Kevin, when you put this question um, in the in the document, um, you know, I was talking with my wife about it, and and without hesitation, I've never seen this show, um, but I've heard people <laughs> talk about this show. Without hesitation, she goes Caillou, and she was like, "I hate that kid." And I had to look it up, and Caillou is this. Have you adorable. ever heard of Caillou? Of course I have. We watch Caillou. Caillou is adorable. She hates Caillou. And, and uh, you know, Caillou is apparently the most annoying kid that is um, whiny consistently and his parents do nothing about it. And so that's what she said um, and that she was happy that the show got canceled. Um, I've never seen Caillou, but uh, that's not my answer uh, because the, the correct answer is Darla from 
uh, Finding Nemo, because what do all of the fish fear is when she comes into this place and just shakes the fish consistently and kills them. And she knows that these fish die. And so what is the 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 path to becoming a serial killer is killing animals as a child. And that's what she's doing. She is killing animals as a child. So, you know, maybe she's, you know, not a jerk to people that she knows, but she's definitely becoming a serial killer when she grows up. Uh, knowing this might ruin pretties, but I don't think it will. Who's worse, Sid or Darla? Ooh, um, Sid. It's it's Darla. Yeah, well, it has Darla, to be Sid. Darla is excited Sid, to but... get. Darla is an over excitement shaking of joy that she, she she has not had that behavior these. curb. She's not actively trying to kill them. She just is trying to get them to play, and they die too quickly, and no one has told her. That's not that's that's you killing I mean, these fish. Darla Darla Sid also is questionably mean spirited. Darla yeah. is not mean spirited. Darla also there. questionably I grows just, up to be Mother Gothel. I don't want to spoil things for people, but anyways, um, I, I have a it, it's it's a theory. <laughs> I have a question. Mother Gothel's not Pixar. <laughs> yeah, it's Disney. It's still connected. Don't worry. Nope. Well, fun <laughs> fact. <laughs> fun fact. <laughs> Great. Uh, I have a Great. question before I can provide my answer since I didn't yeah. answer yet. Yeah. Are are you looking s- exclusively at children's or family themed cartoons or are you allowing for any and all cartoons? Whatever. Cartoons. Can I predict Great. what you're about to say? <laughs> sure. Cartman. 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 Absolutely. Eric Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the obvious choice. <laughs> Well, it's think just lazy. That's lazy. No, just no, this no, kind no. Of question doesn't mean you have lazy. to you can't reach higher. Lazy would have been Rick Sanchez, but Rick Sanchez is technically already a grown man during Rick and Morty. But Eric Cartman, 100%. I mean, like, the dude is, what, eternally in fourth grade and has committed some heinous acts already, uh, let alone what he plans to do in the future. I mean, geez, I I can't. I can't even. Just Eric Cartman. That's my I, that's my response. It, I agree. It's completely <laughs> lazy. Uh, it's probably true, but it's lazy. One <laughs> of the things I thought was one of the things that made me think of this as well was I saw uh, uh, something on Twitter today that that the character Doug from the TV show Doug turns thirty this year. Oh God! And what? in the Same. in the in the tweet, um, there's a it's an older Doug who's thirty and pork chop has died and he's got a pork chop tattoo on his on his shoulder. And the caption was, you know, wow, Doug turns 30. And then someone has quote tweeted this and says, why Doug looked like he was at the Capitol, uh, storming the Capitol. (laughs) It's just so good, Um, which made me think of this thing. So I think those are all good responses. Uh, I'm going to go to the most creative response, uh, which was which was Huffcamp. He wins this nerd debate. I, you know, Flynn, I liked your points until you, until I gave you a question, which was, is this person worse? And you said, yes. Okay. So then your, your debate was invalid. And Cartman really is lazy as, as uh, all heck. But so. Sid, Sid is, uh, turns out to be a garbage man in the later Toy Stories. And Correct. And a little bit redeemed. Yeah, doing a civic duty. <clears throat> a little bit. But, a little okay. Bit well, Huffcamp wins. Nailed it. Congrats. All right. Pretty. Uh, all right. So. Tell us some more fun facts that are yeah, definitely I've got... not real. So we're going into a new segment. Fun facts. Uh, it's not new. It's uh, it's a recurring segment. So here we go, listeners. Jacob Brady's fun facts. Uh, I've got a series of fun facts, and um, in order for a fact to be fun, uh, it's something that I just inherently have 
come to know over my many years of life and many years of wisdom. Uh, and I know these things to be true, and no one can tell me otherwise. And uh, I'm going to state these things, and the rest of my cohorts are going to debate whether said things are true. And I guess try to prove me wrong, but they won't. Um, <clears throat> And I'll be honest, I'm feeling kind of gutsy tonight, so I might be willing to make some Malort bets on some of these. Uh, so this is an opportunity for you all, uh, Kevin Hopecamp. Shout friend, out, to, shout uh, out to sponsor Jepson's Malort, uh, future right, exactly. potential sponsor Jepson's Malort, <laughs> sponsoring the Bourbon Podcast. <laughs> yeah, God, it makes sense. Awful. Um, okay, so we're gonna start off pretty easy here. Uh, first fun fact: the Great Wall of China is visible from space. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's, we, that's that's what we learned in fifth grade. So yeah, sure. Uh, it's not true. Uh, it's a common myth. Well, okay. Space I've... space has a very low threshold to be visible yeah. from, and so I believe it is definitely visible. Like you can see the line across the the landscape. They've taken pictures of it from space. So. Have you seen a picture of it? Have you taken a picture of it, Flynn? Well, I have not so, taken so a picture here's of the it. Thing. I've seen am, pictures of it. I am accepting this fun fact. Yeah. Uh, so, Kevin, are you issuing a challenge? Yeah. Okay. This is the so, part where you quickly Google that fact yeah, and so give us someone, a someone else I, I can Google Flynn it. I think Flynn has to Google uh, it because Flynn told me he's seen a picture of it. I would. That's surprising to me because I don't believe and, pictures of it exist. And honestly, Hold Flynn... Up. Oh, Google. Man. According to Google... Because Google knows all, apparently. a.k.a. NASA.gov, it has become a space-based myth that the Great Wall of China, frequently billed as the only man-made visible object from space, generally isn't, at least to unaided eye. Mm, well, uh, space. Boom. Good start. Good lot. start, pretty. Yeah, I, whatever. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So I accepted it. Kevin challenged it. Kevin's right. Oh, Kevin this is gets, fun. Kevin Everyone took a drink. Point. That's cool. I don't know if we're keeping score, but Kevin is winning. <laughs> Getting lots of points today. <laughs> yeah, Kevin's winning across the board. Uh, okay, so relating, because uh, I was thinking about Walking Dead earlier with Flynn's thing. So uh, a Walking Dead fun fact, Rick Grimes is from Kentucky, not from Georgia, like in the show. Are you talking about the actor, or are you talking about the character? No, I'm talking about the character. I mean, the show is based in Georgia, so is he from Kentucky? In the comics, he is from... That's uh, not what you said. No, I literally (laughs) said Rick Grimes is from Kentucky. Rick Grimes has two different froms, if you will. So you have to specify which Rick Grimes. I've never read the comics, so... All right. I've, I've never more in my life wanted a button that I can push to Rick Roll something because um, I haven't seen this show but when you said Rick Rhymes would have been like speaking of Rick and Rhymes Never I would just push the button um, so just put that in in post pretend it's, I did that okay. in post he's 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 from Kentucky in the in the comic books but I think we're fine with that one pretty it's a fact it's not very fun fine all right all right, yeah. all right. We're gonna miserable go, we're gonna on go the fun little... heavy on oh the fact all right we're gonna go a little more <laughs> historical here uh, did you all know that ancient Mayans had water filtration systems that were quite similar to what we have today, and they drank just as pure water as what we have today. Okay, well, I live in Louisville, so they weren't drinking this pure water. Louisville water is not that good, okay? <laughs> it's the best. Okay. Uh, that's that's a myth. That is not anyone, a fun fact. That is a fun myth. I will issue anyone a Malort shot that disagrees saying that there is a better tap water out there than Louisville water. 
It's fantastic. I think, I think that Seattle was actually always ranked above Louisville, but Louisville is great. So I I agree Louisville tap water is amazing, but I am I heard somewhere growing up that we were always second only to Seattle, Washington. So I'll take the bet. So uh, okay. I, will, I will do to... I will do no work to find the source, but I take the bet. And I wish you well proving me up. Oh, wait, the, the, we're I, just doing like Louisville tap water rankings? Uh, this this fun a, fact has shifted from ancient is it, Mayans is it a to ranking? Louisville. <laughs> I mean, we can find the rankings of best tap water, probably no yeah, problem. Yeah, travel.com ranks the, the top 10 water. Um, and I'll just give New you the York top City, five. Louisville. Number five, Fort Collins, Colorado. Number four, Greenville, South Carolina. Number, that yeah, was number four. Number three, Silverdale, Washington. Number two, Oklahoma City. And number one, Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky. Kevin! That's a shot of my just. Louisville people are so smug about their water. It is. So right. No, no, the problem is, Flynn, somebody one time told you, hey, we got the best tap water, and you got mad about it because you were like, that's not a thing people care about. And we're like, well, it's just we have really good tap water. And then you're like, stop bragging about your tap water. And now it's this. It's whole big just thing like in Parks and Rec when see. people t- when they talk about when they talk about Little Sebastian, and like they are so passionate about yes. that tiny horse. The pride and ben, of I'm Ben Wyatt. Is I'm like water. I don't I don't get it. Like who cares if you have good tap water? Tap water, well, Kentucky that Derby. Ju- That's what we got. We d- you drink good tap water. You just go to the faucet. You don't have to go through Brita filters and all that stuff. I'm just saying, yeah. Fiona is a way more. Right. Fiona the hippo is way worse than Louisville tap water. Oh, I'm going to move on to like some Fiona. other fun facts for you all because uh, that was super fun. Um, did you know that? Because uh, I was watching Breaking Bad, armadillo shells are bulletproof. No, I don't buy it. That's ridiculous. Okay. I well, <laughs> not all saying. bullets are created equal. Uh, I, an armadillo shell might stop a nine millimeter from a hundred yards away but it will not stop a sniper rifle bullet um (laughs) so i say no i would say despite despite reports of bullets ricocheting off armadillos these creatures aren't bulletproofs the shell protects armadillos from thorny shrubs under which they can hide from predators it's yeah that's from national geographic well what if you told us the truth one (laughs) time will you just say the truth just think about armadillos and and like (laughs) Okay, you ready for a truth, a true truth? Here we go. Uh, The moon, did you know a a moon can have a moon, and it is scientifically called a moon moon? (laughs) Yes, moons are just, like, things that orbit. Yes, that's fine. If a moon's big enough, I'm I'm in for that. (laughs) A moon. So if our moon had a moon, it'd be called a moon moon. I'll say two things. One, I'm there, I agree. And the second thing I'll say is... If the moon were made of spare ribs, I would absolutely eat it. But if it were made of cheese, would you eat it? No. Okay, good. I thought you'd say yes. <laughs> Flynn, you don't get that reference. Flynn, do you get that reference? No, I do. Doesn't. It's Harry Carey. Uh, oh, my yeah. God. Not exactly. It's actually it's Will Ferrell. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah it's Will Ferrell and Harry Carey. Yeah. Uh, moon Moon is apparently an internet meme um, about wolves as well. Well, I disagree moon, on that. Moon, yeah, because was, uh, because if there's a moon moon, the wolf howl howls. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, next fun fact. 
<laughs> Did you know there is only one letter, and this should be easy to just agree with me on. There's only one letter in the alphabet that is not used in the names of states. Only one letter. Z. Nope, Arizona. Are we discussing the letter? <laughs> no, you, you don't have Q. to. I'm the just, letter I'm would be you Q. The, fun fact. the letter's yeah. Q. Yeah, I think he's right. Yes. Q. Yes, is Q, is, Q is the one letter. Texas. Uh, New Mexico. That's right. Yeah, that's, right, that's fine. That's fine. All right. Good job. Good job. Let's Great. let's Thanks. let's fine. submit let's submit things uh, to each other as as canon now. Oh, I love th- I love this new segment. This is going <laughs> to be right, a lot so, of yeah, fun. All right, so yeah, we have a new segment. Kevin, do you want to introduce it? I submit to you a theory. Sure. Uh, in this case, we each have looked at um, fan theories and uh, things that we believe could be true, should be true about different um, uh, universes like MCU, like TV shows, like Scrubs, or um, even movie franchises like um, like Disney or Pixar. And we're each going to submit something. So we will submit to you X claim, and the other three will either try to debunk it or in the case of what I'll have to say, they will praise it up and down as with utter glory as this makes perfect sense, and how did I not think of that? So um, that's what we're about to do next. All four of us have brought something to the table, but it is Flynn's turn to kick it off. Flynn. Sure. So I have brought The Office um, as, a, as the TV show The Office. American version. Um, and my, my fan theory that I no, think no, no, is... No, 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 no. Do this mm-hmm. right. Do this right. Mm. I submit to you blank. <laughs> Fine. <clears throat> I submit to you that the characters in the office are only as ridiculous as they are because they are trying to gain something from the documentary. And it starts with Bob Vance. Every time someone mentions Bob Vance, they say Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration. And he even says that in his wedding. Like, they, they introduce him as Bob Vance of Vance Refrigeration. It's a weird way of talking about something, uh, someone in everyday life. But think about it. He is advertising his business on this, this documentary. Um, and so it got to me thinking, what other characters are trying to get something out of this documentary for personal gain? Michael wants everyone to view him as this amazing boss. And, and, and so he, he, you know, takes his idea of a great boss and multiplies it by 10. And then he becomes like a character of, of, of a, a good boss. And so Michael is, is really amplifying what he thinks a good boss is to play it for the, for the, camera um kelly is playing up her craziness uh because she loves the drama of you know reality dating shows when in in reality her her personality is probably not as actually crazy as she comes off on the show uh dwight is obsessed with everyone making sure he knows that he's powerful and strong and smart that he you know even ignores what jim is doing to him to humiliate him and so he is just trying to show that he is strong um and then you know kevin doesn't even change his kind of personality to be you know the kevin that we see in the later seasons until he breaks up with his band and so he breaks up with his band starts a new band he's like okay maybe this documentary crew can help me get new fans uh and then he you know gets his own bar and stuff like that 
And so, you know, you think about the other kind of lesser characters, Phyllis and Toby and, and Stanley and Creed uh, and Meredith, they are pretty set in their ways. They don't change much throughout the, the series, and that's because they don't have much to gain from this documentary crew. So they don't really change much. They don't amplify what they're doing, whereas the others are really playing up to the cameras. And so that's what I submit to you, that the, the characters in, in the show are only as ridiculous as they are because they are playing up for the camera i will i will take bob vance vance refrigeration and accept that and i will shove all of the rest of it right back to you (laughs) yeah i don't agree in (laughs) any way at all um how do you explain the conflict in the last season where the cameraman hits on pam oh i 100 can explain that okay um he is not actually hitting on pam uh, the the editing that the 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 camera people are doing. Look, Kevin's hit um, on a lot of women, and that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's great. My my mom will not be listener of the week this week. <laughs> so so what I would yeah, say to that about Kevin is the character. The you know if if you right. if you've taken you know classes about filming documentaries, you, you're not really that that you're supposed to get that close, especially as a film crew. And so, you know, he became friends with some of the individuals. I can't remember his name right now, the last season. Um, but he wasn't actually hitting on Pam. He wasn't having a crush on Pam, but the editing work that the, uh, the camera crew did to like throw him under the bus because they weren't supposed to get to know these people. Um, that's exactly what that was. It wasn't him getting too close. It, it was him getting too close to the individuals and they were like, okay, we need to actually throw him under the bus. And he, then he got, you know, fired after punching. Um, who did he punch? It was, was it Roy that he punched? No, no, uh, first off, his name is. Oh Brian. no! It was that other guy that was. Uh, it, 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 he was in the uh, warehouse crew as well, but I can't. I can't remember who it actually was. But you know, he punches that guy, uh, and they're like, "Oh crap! We're jeopardizing our our documentary and the filming of this. We need to throw this guy under the bus to know that no one else was part of this." And so then they concocted this whole thing where he was, you know, hitting on Pam and stuff like that. I think your argument is is that I don't, your argument just then as, was as, that's just mm. what, Dwight's trying to show strength through a documentary that uh, that's just he's trying just to sell his beat farm. If, yeah. I would have accepted yeah. it more if you said maybe sell his beats. Uh, there's just he's, there's he's too many seasons sh- of just nothing. Show the show went on too long. It's no no. Bob Vance is doing it because he's not a part of it and is trying to get Vance refrigeration mentioned as much as possible. I'm fine with that. That's a small thing, but the rest of these guys just signed up for a documentary and they said whatever. I will buy into this theory with the sole reasoning being that that was kind of the intent of the office, I feel like, is it's like this very kind of like, look at, oh, we're going to make caricatures of all these office type people because they are already caricatures in and of themselves. So I don't... And only a so, few of them actually played into that. So like half the office... Did, like okay. Stanley didn't really play so, into that. He, he okay. played into it a little bit, but then you see his personal life on occasion. And so he's you're a saying much like Jim and person. Pam aren't playing into it. They're just truly like... Okay, so you're saying that... You, you are saying that a couple characters are playing up their their character. Okay, I'll yes. buy that. I'll buy that. I agree. So here's here's what I want us to do. Obviously, we have differing opinions about the validity of this. And what I'd like us to do for each of these I submit to use is the other three will grade at the end the I submit to you. So I award you the grade of D plus 
Um, that's where I think your argument lies. I don't, D plus. Give, I don't give him a plus. That's I give harsh. him a D. Hard. Straight D. Oh, man. Uh, I go I go B minus. I think there's some uh, quality uh, there, but it just wasn't, uh, you know, Bob Vance, not a strong lead. Interesting. I think it was the strongest Anyways, argument. Kevin, what I do disagree. you got Disagree. Okay, here's where I'm at. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing us to the world of Game of Thrones. Um, and I'm sitting in, in my space of... I've watched seasons one through seven, and there were eight seasons, right? Season eight was the fina- final season. Yeah, uh, season one through seven. You have to think about eight, sure. No, no, no. Season one through seven, seven and five. And I'm thinking about the things I wanted to happen in season eight and where I was coming into it. And while this wasn't confirmed in season eight, I submit to you Tyrion Lannister is actually a Targaryen. And if he isn't, he should have been. <laughs> so I'm going to submit three three pieces of evidence to you to consider. Um, but I believe that Tyrion's real father was the Mad King. His mother was Joanna Lannister. And that he is, in tough, fact... Tough to argue that one. And that he is, in <laughs> fact, Daenerys's uh, bastard brother. Um, so the first piece of evidence I'll give to you is a little bit um, less direct evidence, but lore. So in episode 101... The five Stark children are accompanying um, Ned Stark, and they find the five dire wolves, um, and they each is assigned to a Stark because they're representatives of the Stark children. Eventually, a sixth dire wolf is found who's all white and is assigned to Jon Snow, um, who is obviously part Stark. And so there are six um, dire wolves, which is the signal uh, signa of House Stark, and and there are six Stark's um, children present. Later in the series, there are three dragons born um, and gifted in, in the form of eggs to Daenerys Targaryen. And I believe that that, that is significant, that there were three Targaryens um, living at the time that those were born um, and hatched that were meant to ride them to glory. Um, so that's part one. Part two is about the three dragons. The three dragons, um, we know that they were Drogon, Rhaegal, and Viserion, right? Um, Drogon named after Khal Drago, Rhaegal named after Daenerys' older brother, and Viserion really alluding to Prince Varys, who was her other brother, who had died prior to the hatching. One of the things I think is interesting to consider is that in the show... And the books, Daenerys primarily rides Drogon. Um, that is her dragon. Um, when he starts riding dragons, the dragon that Jon Snow rides is Rhaegal Targaryen, who was Daenerys' brother, um, who was named after the same person that Jon was, I believe. But Viserion is never ridden by either of the two um, in a primary standpoint. And Viserion was a dragon that was white and gold. Gold being the primary color of House Lannister. The last piece that I would submit to you as evidence of this is is Tywin Lannister's words to Tyrion Lannister several times in the show. The two most egregious being after the Battle of Blackwater Bay, where he says to Tyrion... You are an ill-made, spiteful little creature, full of envy, 
lust, and low cunning. Men's laws give you the right to bear my name and display my colors, since I cannot prove that you are not mine. And then as he is getting shot on the toilet by Tyrion Lannister with a crossbow, the last thing he ever says to his son, who is not his son, is, you're no son of mine. I believe that Tywin Lannister resented Tyrion Lannister his entire life because he believes that Joanna had an affair with King Aerys Targaryen, who the second who he had, uh, who she was known to have very close relationships with, um, who was a part of his court, and that's why he never loved him. That's why he said he is no son of his, and that's why he was meant to be joining forces with John and Daenerys. In season eight, he is the person who is trying to get those two to work together because the three of them together were meant to rule Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe style, Narnia style, as the three um, rulers of the Seven Kingdoms who would have brought all houses back together through their joint loyalties and collection. Tyrion Lannister, I believe, was supposed to be uh, a Targaryen all along, and I believe that if that's not the case, he absolutely should have been. Yeah, there's there's some really compelling evidence that other um, that's been compiled where his eye is a little bit more purple. The you're no son of mine. Those things. The dragon must have three heads. Yeah. Are there three dragons? Who would the most likely be? The fact that the Mad King constantly lusted after. Um, um, Lannister, Lannister. Joanna Lannister. That's yep. right. I kept yep. thinking of Lyanna. Um, so I don't, I don't think I full, I don't think I'm there yet. But I think that this is a really, really solid theory. I just can't quite like that. The R plus L equals J, where they were, they predicted Jon Snow. I don't think it's quite there. Um, but I definitely think that that I'm in. I'm in for it. I just don't know if I quite believe it. I think it's more hopeful that it is belief that it will sure, occur. Sure, definitely would have made season eight better. What anything could have made you it better. You fixed season eight. I <laughs> I I was literally yeah. like, gosh, if they just leaked out that little bit of like exposition, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that would have made mm-hmm. season eight so much more compelling and so much better. Um yeah, I think I think I can buy into this. Uh Kevin, I was not on board initially thinking about it, but then uh you kept going and I gotta say, I I agree. Uh this very compelling. Um the only thing that that kind of trips me up is just the Tyrion's kind of uh, he doesn't have that Targaryen drive that even John we even see a little bit in Jon Snow that kind of like even the the reluctance of like Tyrion's too willing I think to accept power which Targaryens. I feel like accept power, but at the same time are just naturally prone to to accepting positions of power. He was ha- handed the king to three different rulers. I imagine. Aegon, Aegon Targaryen decided that he was just better than everybody else and conquered them all. That's that's taking yeah. power. That's a very it's pretty accepting yeah. of power if you're just beating everyone into submission. He's that's thinking fair. of Jon Snow, uh, just <laughs> not accepting. Don't want uh, it, Flint. Flint don't what do you it. think? Yeah, McQueen. Um, I, no, I, I, I have thought this this fan theory is is true for a while, and it's 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 because of the the 
Tywin Lannister stuff that you laid out. So, um, you know, I, I've thought that for a while now. Now, something that, you know, I have not read the books, but I've, I've listened to lots and lots of podcasts about the books that that go into theory about what's in the books and relating it to the show. Uh, something that um, that they they mentioned that I wanted to to make sure that we you know covered was I I don't know if if it was consensual between um, Joanna Lannister and uh, Targaryen uh, I you know it it, it talked they talked about that that you know maybe it wasn't consensual and that's why uh, Tywin accepted him as you know his son in in theory uh but I, I i agree i think that the the arguments there and i think that the the theory holds true and it would have made season eight a lot better i welcome your grades i uh i give you an a minus i'm gonna go reluctantly a. just an a that was a solid argument kevin i you're on you're on point on fire tonight i have no qualms against this argument I, I think the I think the theory is in and of itself an A. I think Kevin's argument uh, was a solid B. <laughs> okay. Spiteful. I think, I think it's been well. I think it's been more well articulated elsewhere. Sure, sure, sure. There okay. are definitely bigger Game of Thrones nerds than me, but I love it. So, all right, okay. Okay, so mine is all about Pixar. So something that has not been ruined by its most recent uh, installments. <laughs> Um, but was, but my was, thing is, what's that? Was uh, what was the most recent Pixar movie? Has uh, it's Soul, Soul which it? I have Soul. not admittedly. So have I not like seen. it. It's so good. Yeah, it's it so was good. very good. It was very good. So yeah, it wasn't ruined by its most recent. So, but but here's the thing, and I read about this. Uh, this is John Negroni's uh, brainchild. Um, and you can check all out the much more better argued and much more detailed argument that he presents in books and continues to update as new movies come out. Um, but it is that Pixar is based is a PCU. It is the Pixar Cinematic Universe. Everything takes place in one universe. Um, and it starts, I'll just really quickly run through the timeline um, because there's so much to cover that I just honestly can't do it all. But it starts out with 65 million years ago. The Good Dinosaur, that's the first one. It starts out demonstrating the extensive knowledge of dinosaurs versus um, and in the in sort of the rise of humans. Then in the 10th century, we have Brave, where the witch is one of the key figures. Um, I'll get back to that in a second. But the witch grants powers. You see evidence of Sully, the monster from Monsters, Inc. in that cave. She goes through doors. There's all sorts of, of new you know trucks and things like that that would suggest that she's probably been around a few different centuries. Um, 50s and 60s would be the Incredibles. Um, humans have continued to rise to power based on this magic. Toys are becoming sentient. The company B&L, by and large, continues to make appearances in all of this. Um, basically takes over the world, giving their machines, um, starting with toys, more power and sentience. Animals continue to develop um, through Finding Dory and Ratatouille. Um, up, she demonstrates some of the dog knowledge as well. You've got Inside Out that's in there. Um, and then it goes to essentially the future. We are sent to space. Wally takes place, and cars essentially take over the world. Then at the end of Wally, we're brought back, and that's where you get um, a bug's life as 
insects seem to kind of come into fruition a little more. And then Monsters, Inc., animals essentially take over and time travel through those doors. Boo becomes this conduit where she's actually the witch from Brave, as evidenced by the doors, the Sully, the bears, all that sort of stuff. So it's that's the really, really bad and very succinct version. But essentially, based on all the Easter eggs that are present, um, all of these are interconnected movies in one massive millennia spanning universe. I a hundred percent agree with this theory. Uh, to my point earlier, referencing Darla, I was getting Darla mixed up with boo and mother Gothel mixed up with <laughs> the witch from brave. Totally my bad. Anyways, yeah, you did, you did none of that right. And all of <laughs> <Yeah>. it poorly. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Uh, to further Pretty your, w- without spoiling things, uh, to, thir- to further your theory, even more so, um, soul is, 1000% a prequel to Inside Out. Uh Cat and I have already analyzed it fully. So just know that watching it. Um, it was yeah, no, the, I agree 100%. The common theme this is, is that the totally emotions true. the emotions of human literally provide power and that's why the cars eventually die out and that's why people can come back and that's why the monsters have created time travel to harvest this emotion yep. from the yep. humans and it's just it's crazy. It's it it yep. all makes sense and I'm in for it. Yeah, PCU all the way. Anyone else? Yeah, I think Pixar is is very deep, um, and and their movies provide entertainment for children, but also some, you know, emotional support and and education for adults. And I I think that, you know, Disney is is, you know, amazing, but Pixar is is on another level with you know the layers to what their their. Uh, plot lines are for and so you know I accept this theory like I've I've you know the argument you laid out is is a solid one and I I accept this as as canon so what do you think Kevin canon canon is a big draw for me I so here's what I'll say I love this this theory um, I do think that it is fun to substantiate some of the claims with the evidence that was provided. Um, I've read the articles. I agree with Huffcamp that that there is supporting evidence about this theory. Um, if I'm a betting man and I were to sit down with the CEO and board of Pixar and, and put their hand on a Bible or a gun to their head and say, is this true? They would say, absolutely not. We are intentionally putting... Um, Easter eggs throughout these these pieces, you know, these different movies. Um, I don't really believe, you know, some of them are a stretch for me. Um, the witch being Boo is probably the most egregious stretch for me. I just don't. I think oh, I the think evidence. That's the easiest one. No, I no, I think it's I think it's a it's a huge assumption. Um, so I hear what you're saying. I love the theory. I will support Pixar's uh, exploitation of the theory by continuing to do it. And there might be even many things in there. Like, I think pretty, I'd be interested to hear more later, um, you know, off, off uh, podcast about the theories about soul and inside out. But I just don't believe that it's been true since the beginning. They might have caught up along the way and tried to bridge the gap, but I don't think it's been as intentional as people are making it out to be. So... I say nay as the dissenting opinion, but I, I do appreciate where you're coming from. I think the theory, I, I think I first read it like right after college in like 2013 or whatever, mm-hmm. is just flawlessly argued whether or not – now there are holes in the argument. You don't have to subscribe to the, that belief, but I think the argument is so solid that every new movie 
I'm like, how does this fit in? And then it fits in so logically that I've never, mm-hmm. never been mm-hmm. able to unprove this to myself. Like I kept thinking that there was going to be a movie that's like, dude, none of this is in the same universe, and it keeps fitting in more neatly, I think, than it did the first time I read it. Yeah, where I'm at is you can't disprove it, and I agree with that 100%. I also don't think you can prove it because the evidence isn't strong enough for me. So, I, I again, I appreciate the perspective, but no, for Pixar's me, gonna, I'm, I'm Pixar's going to keep making individual movies and as opposed to like the MCU where they're making a universe. Um, yeah. But I do think that I think there's some more to it. I think there's a little more to it. Sure. Sure. I sure. think I hope so. grade wise. I hope so. Yeah. Grade wise. I'm going to give Hove Camp a uh, I'm going to give you an a, a B plus for the argument because I've heard better arguments, but an A for the theory. I was I was going for speed because the the succinct argument that he does is a 12 and a half minute video. Yeah, I think I've seen that video. Try to condense that yeah, to about yeah. two minutes of here's the quick timeline with like three important things thrown in um, that that would be an I A give, for I me. give you uh, I give you a D and as well as Kevin a D for originality <laughs> because I've heard these before. Uh, however, I give your argument uh, an A minus as well. It's cool. a solid B for me, Doug. I think the. Um, <laughs> I think that I'm not more convinced hearing it from your lips as I was reading it on the internet. Um, but I am, like I said, I am, I'm a supporter. I'm excited that it's there. I'm just not sure it's actually real as much as it is fun for the fans. But, um, you know, I hope I'm wrong and I hope that it's a thing and that at some point there's a, a an, an Avengers Infinity War type movie that really decides out of nowhere to show it all connecting together. That would be um, Wreck It, it Ralph. Be, it'd be awesome. That was Wreck It Ralph. No, it wasn't. not Pixar. No, no, it wasn't. Stop being bad. Stop being bad, pretty. <laughs> Tell us I your know, theory and somehow redeem Wreck yourself it. from being so terrible. Speaking of being bad, I, I would like to speak to our listeners right now. Uh, I know we're we're over time and we're we're dragging on a little bit, but. You saw how many minutes the podcast was when you started listening, so you figured <laughs> Jacob was going to go long. So, Jacob, tell us what your theory is. Okay. So, um, uh, Flynn, I don't expect you to chime in on this because you probably haven't seen this movie, but if you have, surprise me. Uh, for the rest of you, though, we've all seen the classic John Hughes film, 1980s film, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So I present to it. you all. Yeah, I figured. I present to you all the the theory that uh, Ferris Bueller doesn't exist, or better yet, that if he does exist, the entire adventure that he goes upon is just a figment of his best friend Ca- Cameron's imagination. Uh, Cameron, as we know from the beginning of the film, is suffering from a high fever and is incredibly sick. Uh, and it does not wants to do nothing but just stay in bed. However, to Ferris's, um, you know, uh, instigation, he finally agrees to get out of bed and explores the whole city of Chicago and runs around having shenanigans. However, several things I'll point out to you. One, Cameron's uh, sickness seems to just mysteriously go away as soon as he's seen in film uh, or, or in the same scene with Ferris. Because uh, it wasn't real. Almost like he was playing hooky. Okay, yeah, Ferris was, but Cameron was not. That the point is is that Ferris was not real. Cameron 
is just imagining this whole day as like a fever dream. Uh, other points to note, Sloane, uh, Ferris's so-called girlfriend who also attempts to play hooky, uh, they never seem to really care about her being gone from school, aka she doesn't exist, or maybe she's just a, a figment of Cameron's imagination, uh, some girl that he might be crushing on. Um, uh, also, another key point, Cameron trashes the car in his fantasy and realizes that he has to stand up to his father. He then blows off his imaginary friends who offer to take the blame to prevent him from facing his fears since he doesn't need these imaginary friends anymore. Uh, For the listeners, that's the moment in which after the car has uh, finally been retrieved by Ferris and Cameron, uh, they bring it back to Cameron's father's garage and Cameron just kind of kicks the heck out of it and just starts cussing it out and all this stuff. Uh, Ferris never touches the car. Um, So that's my argument uh in a succinct point um, question 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 yes if if um oh, i just blanked on the name what's the girl's name Ferris. again sloan. Cameron. No. sloan sloan if sloan, sloan is so inconsequential and yes. it, the argument you just made is she bears apps she's not real and she bears absolutely no you know plot you know forwarding piece in what world does the director say Let's have Ferris and Cameron go to the high school to fake out the principal to let Sloan leave school while they pretend to be her dad. Why is Thank that you. in the movie if that isn't important? Uh, it, it is important because that represents Cameron's own uh, kind of inner desire to stand up to authority however his fear of standing up to authority is is blocked uh but ferris represents some type of um vessel that he can project his standing up to authority through aka ferris standing up and breaking sloan out of high school i can i can buy that the growth of cameron is more what the movie is about as opposed to ferris so kind of like a frodo is the hero frodo's the hero but actually sam's the hero the whole time Um, but i think that you can't assume that growth of a perceived secondary character equates non-existence of a main character ferris bueller's real no, he is so, okay. he is a hundred percent a real student at this school. His girlfriend I, is Sloan. Yep. Sloan pulls Cameron out. These aren't these aren't his imagination running wild. This isn't a, a fever dream. This is friends helping another friend mm. grow in a way so, that he wasn't expecting. A key point to my my theory and argument was that Ferris may may be real, but all of this imaginings that have happened is is. Uh, just simply um, Cameron imagining it through what Sloan uh, through what Sloan and Ferris uh, do, you know, like Ferris kind of breaking into the the um, being the star of the Chicago parade all of a sudden. That's a hundred percent. You know, what, what I hear you saying is that the argument you're making is that Ferris Bueller is an imaginary friend. And then the argument you're making is that he's not an imaginary friend. If he no, is an imaginary, no, no. Listen, if he is an imaginary friend, then it makes sense that there are so many scenes without Cameron where there's Ferris Bueller doing Ferris Bueller stuff, like running through the gardens and saying hello to the girls and all those kinds of things, where Ferris is doing Ferris. And and if the argument is Ferris Bueller is in Cameron's imagination because that's the person Cameron desperately wants to be but can't, and Ferris 
is that part of his personality that has to bring that out in him. I think it's a great fan theory. I think it's a I think it's an even better essay or paper. I don't believe in any way it's what the writer, director, actors, or audience want or intended for. But I think it's a I think it's a cool way to diag to diagnose it. You know, I've got you got to love the of, subplot of Rooney tracking down this imaginary friend alt movie yeah, as well. Yeah, that like seems I've got great. I, I've got a lot of really great theories about the TV show Mad Men and the way the characters represent different things. But the show is the show and the characters are the characters. And so I I I don't agree with your argument at all. I do think it's a fun exercise to break it down in terms of like literature. Um uh, you know, or film diagnosis or whatever, but I don't, I don't agree at all. And I also think, I think you're making two competing arguments. That's fair. Hope camp. I give, I give everything about it. Uh, C. <laughs> I think everything is average, and I don't wow. believe any of it. Wow. I think, Jeez. I think that the evidence is cherry picked and ignoring too much of the movies. And I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. And belief isn't necessarily the only thing I'm going on. I don't think you compelled me to believe it any more than I did when I started. Uh, before I go to Kevin, Flynn, can I get your opinion on someone who's never seen the movie? What do you think, just of what we described? Guy what plays hooky. Is, That's the gist of the movie. You know, I I am part of this podcast, and you could not keep my attention while you were talking. <laughs> so <laughs> I give you an F. <laughs> I feel like I Flynn's, you, no Flynn's knowledge of Ferris Bueller is like from the references. He had a day off. He, he, he played hooky from school. That's the only and, thing I knew like, about and that. And like Jessica Day makes a reference to him in New Girl, and Flynn has seen that. So like those are the two things he knows about this movie. All right, here's what I'm going to do. Pretty yeah. – I'm, I'm – uh, wow. All right. I'm, in terms of convincing me, I, I would give you an F. In terms of the the interesting nature of the theory – uh, and what it does is in as a exercise, you know, uh, intellectually, I would give you a B. I'm going to meet in the middle at a C minus um, as my That's grade a passing for you grade. because the because Hubcam C was just a better grade you, than me. I just gave Man. you a higher grade, yeah. and you got more say, excited when Kevin gave you a lower say, grade. Hubcam C was too generous. But here's what I'm going to do. Here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to give you a real moment to make it up. I'm going to give you one more chance to give us a different – to submit something different to us that we'll actually care about. Um, okay. I'm going to count you down. Ready? I'm going to count you down, and I'll give you a chance to do it. Ready? Three, I'm out. two, one. Tell me. Tell me. Okay. Mary Poppins. Okay. Mary Poppins is a student of Hogwarts. Oh, they all left again. Okay, well, uh, we'll explore this next time, uh, if you're still listening. Uh, we'll explore this next time. Mary Poppins is a student of Hogwarts and was friends with Albus Dumbledore. That's my theory. Uh, thanks for putting up with us, listeners. Uh, thanks for listening through five episodes. And uh, have a glass of bourbon on us. Cheers. Good night. Three, two, one... He has to have been so late. Do we want to try that again? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I think we well, do. Yeah, I'm running on. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I should. I should watch the video.
not listen because I'm on headphones that are delayed. So go ahead, count it. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Three, two, one. I don't know if that worked either. So I'm hearing, I'm hearing both both of you guys clap, and then I'm hearing pretty clap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and obviously, mine is first before everyone, just because of like the delay. But yeah. Okay, well, like I, I hear mine first because of the delay. The, everyone should hear their okay, own first. But the I thing feel is, like is, is like the irony of this is since I'm the one editing, I always line it up to my audio because that's the one that's already being recorded in, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay, we're just gonna go with it. We, go. I mean, <laughs> you can cut this out anyway. This uh, is this is for the our, our fifteen dollar Patreon subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> this is just this is our episode zero. This is hundred percent just the episode of us clapping, not in rhythm. <laughs> and this is what we put out. Did you mention we're hilarious? You will laugh. <laughs>